At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It is 7.30 a.m. on September 22nd. Happy fall, y'all. Uh, it's here. Um, and happy week three of the NFL season. And welcome into Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, for these morning shows, Scott Kennedy out there in Hotlanta. Scott, good morning to you. How you doing? Happy Friday, Junior. Uh, yeah, it feels like feels like we're ready for the weekend. I'm already uh, getting ready for the meet and greets just a couple days away. So after today, the next time you'll see either one of us will be me uh, in Denver. So um, <clears throat> looking forward to coming out. But it was funny. I, I kind of got a grin just then when you were talking spinning wheels, spinning wheels. And I'm like, this thing should bre- Broncos for breakfast brought to you by a hamster. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the spinning wheels go, and I'm like, no, that's the gears in my head. Yeah. Is it a hamster wheel? So I'm already off the off the rails this morning. It's early. It is early, um, but the coffee's flowing, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit of 49ers today. It'll be a good time. And uh, yeah, make sure you guys are reaching out to Scott and Chad on Twitter if you're going to be in the Denver area on Sunday for the meet and greet. I don't think they have the specifics down quite yet, but those will be coming out soon. I will be somewhere deep in the heart of the Olympic Peninsula. Uh, because I switched my plans. We were originally going to be in the Cascades, but there's too much wildfire smoke. So instead, we're doing what is considered the hardest trail in the entire Olympic Peninsula, climbing up 3,400 feet over two miles. Uh, so good luck to me. Uh, some Class 3 and Class 2 uh, scrambling as well. People have died doing it. Don't I'm not going to say that one too loud, so my mom doesn't hear it, but uh, <laughs> it's going to be a good time. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's a we'll be safe and we'll be smart. Um, we got Jeremy saying he's going to have to get the meet and greet now. Yeah, guys, get on down. It'll be a good time you to be there, Jeremy. So yeah. don't let us down. Absolutely. Kevin Gray never letting us down saying, what's up, Broncos country? Nick Scott. I hope we get to see hurry up uh, football. Let's ride. What do you think about this, Scott? Do you think the hurry up football is a way for the Broncos to go to mitigate some of the issues they've had so far on offense? That was one of my suggestions. Um, you know, if you're having trouble with calls, you know, put yourself in panic mode. They're like, oh, we want to, you're too relaxed. That's part of the problem right now. Um, you know, single, single out a voice, which should be Nathaniel Hackett's. Get out there. You got one, you know, read and a check, hurry up, two minute drill, go, you know, and get everybody firing. You know, uh, the offensive line, like I said, I'm getting tired of seeing the offensive line back on their haunches looking over their shoulders mm-hmm. as they're wondering as the clock is tipping down to, you know, five. Let's say it together now. Five, four. You know, the, the, the offensive line are in a panic mode going, are we going to go? Are we going to go? When are we going to go? At home. Yeah, at, at home. You know, so it's that getting that in, getting some tempo going, getting everybody in a 
fast-paced rhythm. It's it's a good way to help alleviate some of those problems. I'm not saying all the time, but you know, second drive, third drive, why not? Let's come out with a little tempo. You get a turnover or something like that. Let's hit them with tempo and see how it goes. It's one of the ways. Again, Nick, we we've talked about the thing that's so frustrating is this stuff that has been hurting the the uh, the Broncos so far seems really easy to fix. So hopefully it is, and it's not just total incompetence. Yeah, and what's wild about how long the Broncos are getting uh, to take, how long they are taking to get the plays in and called. Uh, the Broncos are number one in the NFL right now in plays per drive at uh, seven and a half plays per drive. But because of the well, length, I, would, I would imagine then they're also in time per drive also. Time of possession per lot. drive. By a lot. Yeah, 3.39 minutes time per drive. Number two being Miami with 3.32. So um, unfortunately, though, then you get to points per drive and the Broncos fall to 18th because they can't capitalize and uh, touchdowns per drive, 27th in the NFL. So red zone offense is probably the name of the game right now on the offensive side of the ball, unfortunately. But uh, you yeah, think I saw, that would I saw a headline today that says how running the ball could solve the Broncos red zone problems. I was like, wow. You know, how learning to swim could keep you from drowning, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. writes these things, man? Yeah. They, it's kind of funny, though. We were talking about it last night on uh, Mile High Insiders with Luke. It's like the Broncos way overcorrected uh, because week one, they two fumble goal lines. Oh, I guess we'll never run the ball from five and less to go again. And they didn't uh, last week. So that, God, and we said that Monday morning. Eric and I said yeah. the same thing. Like the, the word was overcorrection because mm -hmm. my yeah. first thought on that was targeting the wide receivers. Mm -hmm. You know, it took 25 minutes to target a wide receiver. And the first target to Jerry Judy was a touchdown in the first game. The second game, the first 12 pass attempts or something were only to the wide receivers. It's like, boys, balance, find some balance in there. Yep. Find some diversity in there. So it, yeah. an overcorrection has been, I think, I think you're right. It was kind of the theme of the first from game one to game two. Yeah, the, it seems like the Broncos are calling plays right now like I did on, uh, what was it, the Road to Glory, trying to win that Heisman, where it's like, okay, we have five yards to go. I'm going to throw this in because I need that touchdown stat because otherwise this wide receiver from Pitt, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, whatever, is going to springboard me there. But let's say hello to some people in the chat. DWI guys, Ethan coming in saying good afternoon, gents in Broncos country. Always great to see Ethan. We got Michaela in the house. Good morning. I think we will see a better game Sunday. No panic yet. However, I think it'll be six, seven weeks before we really get the offense firing on all cylinders. What do you think about this timeline, Scott? Firing on all cylinders. Before I kick it to you, though, I'm going to have one caveat, one thought on this. If you are if you only have Cortland Sutton to throw the ball to, I don't know what all cylinders looks like because right, right now you do not have the depth of playmakers that it requires to really run an offense on all cylinders. I mean, Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning, uh, and when he came here, because obviously he's brilliant, but he had four or five guys where he could just pre-snap, pick the matchup he wanted, and go to that. Right now, the matchup is Cortland Sutton or guys who are on the practice squad. So, exactly. With with all cylinders would mean all healthy, too, typically, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, which could be the problem. I, I think we'll see some ebb and flows, mm -hmm. you know, with this. It, it's going to be hard. This is a good defense. You know, you come out of the you come out of the 49ers game with an ugly 16-9 win, chalk it up and be happy. Yeah, be real happy. I'll take it. Um, they're, they're, this is a good team, and and we don't necessarily know what the other teams are going to be. I mean, we got a pretty good idea where Seattle is going to be. That yeah. was our Super Bowl. <clears throat> I saw another stat from one of the Denver guys. Uh, he said that that Russ was nineteen and three in primetime home games. All right. Well, now Geno Smith's one and zero. Yeah. So 
that's a pretty good home field advantage you're talking yeah. right there. I mean, yeah, he's a good quarterback, but the sample size so far is Geno Smith is also now, at least in this week, maybe yeah. it wasn't last week. I don't remember last year, but we know that that's a tough place to to play on, uh, you know, primetime games with all the emotion. So that wasn't the Seattle Seahawks you're going to see at the end of the season, but you got, you got their best shot without a doubt. And you certainly didn't give it yeah. yours. It's almost it's it is unfortunate that, that was the week one matchup, uh, but what can you do? Mark Schrader coming in, man, with the heart emojis really on the nose there, Mark. Good to see you. Mark had uh, heart surgery here this uh, past a week ago today. If, it, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he says, "Good morning, guys. I am home from open heart surgery, hurting but on the right road. Thank God. Uh, thank all of you. Thanks for stopping by, Mark. Um, we appreciate you. I've been sending. I'm not the now not to spill too much, but I'm not the overly you know, higher power person, but been sending all the good vibes I possibly can uh, your way because just a great guy, Mark. Um, we, so we really appreciate you. Glad to see you're back in here and on the road to recovery. Yeah, it was Friday and he was back in chats and on Facebook, you know, Sunday night saying hello. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, uh, it's going to take more than take more than that to keep a good man down. Welcome back, Mark. Glad to have you. Yeah, I've been following along. Dave Glassman with the hearts. Good to see you, Dave. Chase Wellner, Buenos Dias. Buenos Dias to you, Chase. Clee saying the Broncos are a mess. Certainly appears that way from the outside, uh, but luckily the season is not written after two games, as long as you're not playing backup, your backup quarterback because of injury, knock on wood. Diamond Rattler, let's let's get ready to rumble. Good to see you, Diamond. Always get ready to run, uh, rumble. Tim Durr, morning, fellas. What's up, Broncos country? Not too much, Tim. Albert Knoppers, morning. A day closer to the meet and greet. Woohoo. Awesome. We got Seamless saying, is there more to Hackett's firing in Jacksonville when he was offensive coordinator, or is that just Maroon's impulse fire to shift blame from himself? I, that's Doug Marone, I think was calling plays in Jacksonville uh, is my understanding. At least what I, that's what my uh, memory serves and um, probably a little bit to shift blame. You know, I mean, that's what team, when something, something's wrong, Everybody we got to blame something. Fired. Yeah, that's true. Everybody it's, gets fired in, in football. Everybody. There's a pretty popular phrase um, when you're talking about coaches in any sport, but especially football hired to get fired. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, the reality of the cyclical nature of it. I mean, Mike Shanahan was, is a God in Denver, as far as I'm concerned, because of what he did in the scheme and football in general, been fired multiple places, you know, like Bill Belichick was fired from Cleveland. Yeah. It's just by the it Browns is, by the Browns. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Ferentz never been fired. So I got to shout that one. on. <laughs> can't run a good offense, but he won't be fired. Greg Smith coming in uh, pancakes, eggs, bacon, coffee. That reminds me wine, coffee, check. Thank you. Mm. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent, 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. God bless you, Patrick. Patrick also sent some stuff to Carl, so we really appreciate that. Um, Michaela saying she wants the details in the meet and greet. Not sure if she'll be able to go, but wanting to go. Uh, reach out to Scott on Twitter. Reach out to Chad on Twitter. Yeah, I will Basically, be all I'm doing is just planning on being at the game three, four hours ahead of time, and that's the plan right now. And if I'm at the stadium, then more details will follow. So just it'll be we'll be there, and we should be there afterwards too. Hopefully, mm -hmm. uh, I think Chad and and Zach have figured out a, a better way to handle the post game, so we're not run out of there by security thirty minutes after the game like we were last year. Yeah, Jamal Killings, it's been a second. Jamal, good to see you. Good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you, Jamal. Uh, Colin Wood saying maybe people should cool the let's ride stuff until we learn to walk. Uh, maybe. I think it's still fun, but uh, <laughs> let's I, walk. Yeah. Let's walk let's, just doesn't have as, as much. It's not as much fun. Let's walk. Let's stroll. Let's, let's fight. Here we let's go, Broncos. Punch. Let's stroll. We need to punch because we need to punch it into the end zone. Um, John Fields coming in. Good morning, fellas of Broncos country. Really hope the Broncos coaching staff gets it together before we play the Ravens. Uh, you got a few games before that. I'm hoping they get healthy uh, before they play the Ravens. Uh, Ravens look quite formidable. Um, Broncos are going to have to be able to score some points to keep up with that offense. Luckily, the Ravens defense does not look super Ravens defensey uh, of old right now, but maybe that's because Miami has two players who are 99 speed on Madden. <laughs> you can't, and Mike McDaniel might be the, might end up being the best head coaching hire this uh, this cycle. We'll see. Well, it's early right now. Uh, the Kyle Hamilton pick isn't isn't panning out that great. Uh, he's been getting a lot of he, he's playing like a rookie, getting a lot yeah. of a lot of minutes in there. But he's he's a little green. And then Travis Jones, you know, in the middle, he hasn't played at all with an injury, yeah. which was one yeah. of the concerns that saw him drop. Nick. Yep, exactly. So they don't look super great right now. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. It's a long season. Doctor Van Nort Nostrand coming in here saying uh how about just not running from the shotgun on the goal line i saw some data actually where like running on the shotgun was more efficient um than running from goal line but i think a lot of that might actually be there might be some selection bias in that because you know who's running actually running from shotgun like not running to play but like running the football from shotgun it's the josh allens it's the jalen hurts it's these quarterbacks who are essentially tight end bodies um so i'd be curious to see the splits on that and dig a little bit deeper but uh Either way, Broncos got to figure out how to score some points in the red zone. And when you have a running back like, um, uh, gosh, oh my gosh, Jamal Williams or Javante Williams. Javante like Jamal, Williams, Jamal, isn't it Jamal, crazy? Jamal. It's like we watch so much football that it's like, I did it just a minute ago. I was like, yeah. Broncos. Oh, yeah, Broncos. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at 49ers this morning. Yeah. I'm looking at Seahawks this morning. I'm looking yeah. at all these. I'm like, Broncos. Yeah, Nick, it yeah. only gets worse. Got about 20, I, 20 years on you, kid. It, I'm gonna blame the coffee. <laughs> the lack, the lack of coffee so far. Um, yeah, talking about the running to the running from shotgun might not work. Again, I keep coming back to this, and I don't want it to always be the get out of jail free card, but it needs to be a card you can play. Russell Wilson mobility. Uh, there were a few times there, especially in the goal line area, where it's like you are you have a little bit of space, and all you have to do is fall forward when you get uh, tackled, and you're going to be in, in the end zone. Right now, they're really playing it super conservative with Russell Wilson. It seems, I hope that's what it is, but uh, it's really is something to keep an eye on that uh, athleticism and the ability to, to scoot away from front seven defenders. 
Well, and, and even like you're saying, going right up the middle, low man wins, right? Yeah. Where's this Lloyd Cushenberry talk I've heard about? You know, Russell is low and he is wide. You know, he's built yeah. like a running back. How about a sneak? Yeah. How about a sneak in there? You're not going to do that at a shotgun, that's for sure. I don't think they trust the interior offensive line to get the push, but uh, that's based on what I've seen. Yeah, maybe a little based on what I've heard. Dom coming in. Good morning, Scott, Nick, and Broncos country. My boys, you ready for Saturday, Nick? I am. Uh, let me see. Iowa is playing at Rutgers, and the, I think the over-under is like 37 or something, which is eight points less than any other game in college football this week. I would still take the under. Um, two of the best punters in football, in college football, going to be playing too. They're both Australian. For, they're from the same hometown. And uh, they are both uh, really, really good punters. Um, so <laughs> that's what you got to get excited about when you're watching Iowa football, the punt game. And I'd like to get into the Broncos punt game a little bit too at some point. I did a little bit of digging here and it was not great. Um, but uh, Sunday night, it's on. I hope you got, I hope to get to see you, Scott. Have a great day. Denver Broncos for life. Absolutely. Yeah, Scott, I'll, I'll be there. there. I'm, uh, I, I think there should be a few people coming out of Georgia. Yeah. So I'm flying out of Atlanta at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, which gets me at 11, gets me there at 11. Yeah. for the for the six o'clock game so um, i landed at uh, denver at uh at 11 yeah Sunday Corey, morning. Corey coming in over on facebook saying if patrick sertan is out in judy's week to week do we have a chance yes the broncos still have a chance uh they need to be able to run the ball efficiently they're going to need the offensive line to keep playing this level of play despite the multiple tiers up in talent level that the 49ers have compared to their previous two opponents and you're going to need the defense to take the ball away. Uh, you can't, the margins for error get much smaller. The last two weeks, you made mistake after mistake, and you, in theory, should have won both those games. Uh, but one and one, this game, you cannot be making those self-inflicted wounds to have a chance even, but you're still going to have a chance because of your talent level and your quarterback and the pass rush even. God, it's weird to say that after last year um, uh, that this Broncos defense has. Nick, I'm looking at a box score. I'll be honest with you. I've never heard of these running backs that San Francisco is, is throwing out there. Um, I don't play fantasy football and I haven't watched the 49ers yet. I've never heard of them. I can't I tell you where that's ever happened. That happens every year with the San Francisco 49ers because they have so many Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah. University of Illinois. Come on. You don't know about the Illini. Yeah, I didn't Big watch much football. of the Illini recently. Um, they have Marlon Mack too. You know, Marlon Mack. Uh, yeah, I know. I know Marlon Mack, but he, he won in the box score last week. And then, uh, He's active this week. He'll Tyrion Davis Price was was he a character in Game of Thrones? No, but he was a third round pick this year. Um, was he okay for the 49ers. So and where did he? And he he won the Senior Bowl guy again because I didn't I didn't see him there. Where did he play? Uh, Tyrion, God, it's uh, pull it up here real quick. I, I want to say Malcolm okay. Brown, good morning from Alaska. Good to see you, Malcolm. Appreciate you being in here this morning. It was LSU. He went to LSU. Oh, okay. Well, see, I didn't watch much. Uh, They're bad. I, I didn't year. watch a ton of college football he, he, uh, last year. Um, you'd think yeah. I'd know an LSU guy, but uh, yeah. no, I don't. I don't think they had a very good season last year. They weren't no. they weren't doing too much, but they yeah. come out with some running backs. But uh, I don't remember him. Uh, no. Gary Leeds Palmer, I definitely know. Says good morning, Nick and Scott. I'm hoping the Broncos get it together soon, but patient. Say go Broncos. Yeah, this is a. Uh, this is one you'd like to be able to get uh, get back on track. A win this week erases any bad feelings we've had for the last two weeks because this is a legit team. Yeah. 49ers, we know they're going to be good. Um, they lost their quarterback. We know. We, we've discussed on this, and w there's mixed feelings on Jimmy Garoppolo. But again, I look back at his record as a starter, and it's something like 33-14. and 14. Kyle Shanahan has a losing record as a 49ers head coach. So that means 
and it's like 40 and 42, 40 and 43. So 80% of his wins have come when Jimmy Garoppolo is a quarterback and about 80% of his losses have come when he's not. Yeah. So Jimmy Garoppolo can play. He's competent. This is a more dangerous team in the short term, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. However, he's, he is prone to one or two boneheaded plays a game. You have to capitalize on that. You mm-hmm. can't have, you cannot have it where it slips through your hands. You know, the Alexander Johnson special, if you will, last year against the Steelers and two, two balls went through his hands or something. Uh, when he makes a mistake, you need to capitalize the margins for error are much smaller this week than you've had the last few weeks, but <clears throat> good to see a GLP. Always great to see you. Eric coming in here saying that mile high salute and go Broncos. Great to see you. Antonio uh, Aragon come in. Ooh, welcome. Uh, welcome in <laughs> Aragon. I've been enjoying the game of Thrones or the Lord of the Rings series. It's been fun. Uh, good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you. We appreciate it. And uh, Aragon was uh, the uh, Lord of the Rings. Aragorn. Aragorn. Yeah. yeah. And what's funny, I think I told you this before. I, you know, how, like when you read stuff, your mind can just translate it sometimes. Yeah. I was into the third freaking book before I realized his name was Aragorn. Yeah. <laughs> I read it as Aragorn. I'm like, wait, who's this Aragorn guy? Because they called him Strider half time. Strider. Anyway, yeah. All right. No. Enough, enough nerding out for the day. We'll get there. We'll keep our nerds to, to uh, football math. <laughs> football and math. I do have some football math coming up here. See Patrick Havner. Uh, good to see you. Thank you so much for the support. We appreciate you so much. Uh, we also got uh, Tim Durr in the house saying, I really wonder if they are letting Russ cook. I think letting Russ cook might be pressure on this team. And one of the reasons that it's uh, not as good as it could be so far. I'm again, this is not from an inside source. I'm not hearing that Russell Wilson's, you know, being uh, detrimental, but they're trying to, you know, serve him to make him, um, uh, happy that he came to Denver and whatnot and give him a little bit more voice in the room. But like last year, Russell Wilson was the single worst quarterback in football in empty sets, uh, according to um, passer rating. I believe it was Russell Wilson believes he's an empty set quarterback. Uh, so he's going to want to implement that d- despite the data, because you know, the hubris of the quarterback knows no bounds. Um, that's not just Russell. Wilson. That's how they, they get there. Yep, same with, exactly. Same with coaches. You it's know, it's not the- his fault. <laughs> no, they, they that's how they get there. They have to yeah. have an unwavering belief and cockiness and arrogance in yeah. order to even make it to this level. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. But that's why you need analytics and coaches who are like, actually, this is what you need to do, because this is right. what the data says you're best at. And this is how we're going to get our best players involved. So stuff like that right now, they're wondering if they're letting Russ cook. I think Russ right now needs to be, you know, maybe not the main chef. He's in a line of chefs, but they also need to, if he's cooking, then Nathan, it's Nathaniel's job, Nathaniel Hackett's job to feed the running backs as well. Cause right now that's what's working for the Broncos offense. Uh, more or less. We got a sheesh coming in here saying, good morning. I know if it is early, but do you guys think Hackett could be fired or that could happen if the Broncos finish the season with six or seven wins and continues to be mediocre with all these coaches and bad decisions. I don't know if all the management owners would wait another two to three years just to get in the playoffs. Um, first off, we're talking about the hubris of the quarterback. Number one, how's the relationship between Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson? I think that is probably the first thing uh, that's going to matter there because they are we're not we're stuck with Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson's here for a good bit here uh, with the contract he just signed. So if the relationship between Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett deteriorates uh, for Lord knows why, that could be. I think that would be the catalyst. Uh, we're getting into some biology talk now. The catalyst for uh, that. Um, reaction happening, but then you have the ownership as well, which is a complete unknown. Maybe that would be unacceptable for them. I do think though, because you, I would be shocked if they got rid of George Payton. 
Um, and I think George Payton at least would make it so Nathaniel Hackett would stick around for another year, unless you have all out mutiny issues in the locker room and complete incompetence, which if it continues getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance, it's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The way it has so far, I mean, we're talking like 17 games of what we've seen the last few weeks. Then you're talking about it. Uh, but that just, that is so improbable. It's never happened at this rate before. If you go six and eleven, looking like you did the last two weeks, you've got a problem. Your yeah. your seat's going to be really, really warm. There's going to be some viable candidates out there, uh, and then there's a lot of money to throw at them. You want to get in a bidding war with Jerry Jones? Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe you do. Um, but again, we like to think that these guys are going to get better, mm-hmm. improve with experience, and there's enough talent on this team in order to not be a six and eleven team. And if you are, again, where? Right now, if you're looking at a, a line graph, good Lord, Nick, what is going on with us this morning? If you're looking with a line graph, it's pretty low. You know, you had a yeah. little bit of a blip up. If it stays low, but then towards the end of the season starts pointing upwards, then you should, you'll probably get the, at least the beginning of a next year. Yeah. Um, you'll, you'll get the next year. It would be a long shot to think that Nathaniel Hackett won't be here next year, mm-hmm. but if we take these two weeks and extrapolate them across the rest of the season it becomes less of a long shot. Yeah. hundred percent. Glenn Hare saying morning, fellas, Nick, how are you feeling at this point of the chances of Judy Sertan plan? I think you want to wait until uh Friday walk through uh, Thursday practice report. right now. I'd say the odds are better. It sounds like I would have thought that the odds were worse for Sertan and better for Judy. But after hearing about injury, the injury report yesterday, sounds like Sertan's actually closer to playing than Judy, but we have multiple days left. Uh, the Broncos aren't going to make a decision until we're closer to the game. Uh, Glenn said, I, I know you think Judy has a better chance. I, <laughs> I did, um, given the injury, but we'll see, but do you see their playing since we are three days out? We'll I see. think yeah, <laughs> we'll see. I, I think there's a chance. Mm-hmm. So you're saying there's a chance. Um, King Thunderbolt over on Twitch. God, I haven't seen this name here, but I uh, love the Pikachu there. Shout out to Scott always loves it when I uh, compare draft prospects to a uh, Pokemon. So that's a uh, tune in. This I do know what a Pikachu that. is though. That Good was for a, you. Like, a movie, I think. Yeah, the Detective Pikachu with Ryan Reynolds. I never saw it, but yeah, um, coming I, I, in. Kids, I I, yeah. I used to say there's only a couple things I know. I know cars, I know sports, I know kids' movies. That's it. After that, I'm sitting there going, 
And for those of you listening, I'm nodding my head with my eyes wide open, just glossed over, saying I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, get me going on hikes out here, backpacking or fishing. We'll get both. <laughs> Scott said, you wouldn't need to talk to my dad and my son for that one. Um, King Thunderbolt coming in saying, how vital will DJ Jones be in stopping the 49ers rushing attack, possibly featuring, featuring Debo Samuel? He is going to be important. The Broncos run game luckily got a little, or the 49ers run game luckily got a little easier to prepare for. Uh, this week, I know that Jimmy Garoppolo probably makes it harder in the long term, especially in that uh, yards after catch in the passing department. But Trey Lance size athleticism totally changes how you can prepare and how you can crash the backside in the run game. You're not worried about Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, getting in an open space and running for 50 yards. Uh, so that should make it that at least a little easier. DJ Jones is dealing with an ankle injury. Um, we they want did, to monitor they that did one. rush for more yards. It was a home game, though, but they did rush for more yards against the Seahawks with Jimmy G taking the majority of the snaps than they did against the bears. Yeah. Uh, with Trey Lance. So I think we again, need to throw that balance bear. in there. We talk about the threat yeah. of the pass. Yeah. Being a little bit scared, you know, backing off, yeah. unloading the box a little bit. Um, it, it's, this it is a dangerous team. I think DJ yeah. Jones is going to be incredibly important. I think the two edges are going to be incredibly important as well. And then obviously, you know, is, is Josie Jewell going to be back? You know, can you, can you stick your tackles where you're supposed to, um, if you're if you're gonna get th- gonna get keep them to three instead of seven, because mm-hmm. um, your your linebackers aren't holding the point of attack, so they're all gonna be important. Uh, King Thunderbolt, yeah. And just to be specific about what I was talking about, if the preparation is easier because it's not as an exotic of a look. Doesn't mean that the run game will be worse or better, but like you, one less guy to have to worry about and those all those different looks and movements and whatnot. So uh, thank you, King Thunderbolt. Yeah, they need DJ Jones out there this week. No doubt about that. They they need Josie Jewell, too, uh, who's also limited. Um, I think he'll play this week. Lance Johnson, good morning, Nick and Scott. Looking forward to a beautiful day and a better game Sunday night. Uh, I'll let you know if it's going to be beautiful. We had an air quality index of like nearly 200 yesterday in Seattle. So uh, not good. It's the when they show it on the, the image, it's like a person wearing a gas mask. Um, that's how bad the air was. So not great. Um, getting a little better today, though. Uh, we got keep it real Denver saying chase green, green Bay ran shotgun on the red zone a lot. Watch the tape. They did. Um, they also had Aaron Rodgers, who not to disparage Russell Wilson, but Aaron Rodgers is in a different tier, um, career wise, statistical performance. Um, but, uh, they're, they're going to figure it out. Also the Packers offensive line was more talented. Um, unfortunately for the Broncos, if, you know, if you could do a redo draft, there's obviously things you could do over all the time. But one of the ones that, you know, wish we had the gift of, uh, foresight, you'd have taken Elton Jenkins before you'd have taken Dalton Reisner because Elton Jenkins has been borderline all pro uh, on the offensive line and he can play all five spots. He's, he's one of the most underrated offensive linemen in football. Well, since we've been doing this, you know, we've been through two draft cycles together, Nick, and I feel like there's only been one offensive line drafted. Am I wrong? You know, it was, it was Quinn Miners. They took Luke Wattenberg too. They've taken okay, Luke zero Wattenberg tackles. in the sixth fifth but yes yep you know but okay so and and you're thinking you know quinn miners is maybe your best uh let's take care of this uh spam bot coming in okay uh you know and and right now you know you're talking about quinn miners as being one of your best offensive linemen and what a miss he is when he's out you know i think we're talking about needing some draft capital you know spend some of those three four and fives on some more offensive linemen nick yeah probably coming down the track at some point i think the broncos feel like they can find into your offensive lineman, but they have very strict parameters uh, for the tackle position. And they were close to taking a few tackles uh, the last few drafts. But when somebody gets taken right before you, you got to pivot. 
Um, so speaking about pivoting, let's pivot to this ad read here real quick. Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence. It's a show of the young guns and the old guard, and nothing makes these matchups more exciting than having skin in the game over at MyBookie. MyBookie has super contests, survivor pools, and double deposit bonuses that gives you everything you need to secure the bag this season. Getting started is simple. Sign up today and use promo code Wilson22, and you'll double your first deposit instantly. That's promo code Wilson22 to double your deposit up to $1,000 with my bookie. This isn't your grandfather's bookie. This is my bookie. Put your money where your mouth is and get rewarded for it. Begin your winning season today exclusively at my bookie using our code Wilson22. Alan, and then looking at this, when you when you click on the link, let me drop the link in the chat since we've been talking about it too. It's in the description of uh, the YouTube chat, and I only put that in the one. So let me drop it in the other. There's there they've got prop bets out the yin yang. You like love it out the yin yang. Twenty prop bets per game or something. Good lord! Uh, mm-hmm. So you should be able to find something in there you like um, yeah. when you're buying. You know, double your deposit. So uh, help support the the sponsors. It helps support us. That's a good way to. Uh, Support the show. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Peter Middleton coming in saying, hey, from Cambodia. Hello, Peter. It's always great to see you, man. I hope you're doing well. Uh, Lance says, Nick, your mastery of where players are from and where they went never ceases to amaze me. I was even better at it in middle school because I would go over the rosters on Madden, <laughs> like OCD, you know, like that mm-hmm. something's wrong with Nick. He's looking over the rosters again. And like, I would do the redrafts and stuff and like try to get all the young players. So that way, like three years from now, my team was like a freaking juggernaut and like, yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> Lance start talking to the recruiting guys. I used to think Mel yeah. Kuyper was amazing until I was in charge of recruiting. Hell, I knew where 300 Georgia kids went to high school. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're talking, you're talking 2,500 guys. I'm like, it's, it's uh, it, the NFL by comparison is easy. Start get into high school football recruiting and start talking to Brandon Huffman and Greg Biggins and those guys. They're nuts. They're, they're yeah. too nuts for me. I had to leave that behind. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's in a good way. I love those guys. Clayton Huron coming in with the support. We always love to see Clayton saying, morning, guys. It's been a while. It has, Clayton. Hope you're doing well. Hope work is going well. Uh, Smash that like button and share. Also, let's ride. And Clayton also says, ground and pound to win the game. Thoughts? Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. 
Paid for by America First Legal. You need to be balanced. You need to be able to do what's working. Uh, this 49ers team is built a little differently than the last two defenses the Broncos have played. Uh, specifically, their front seven is arguably one of the better ones in football. They support three of their four starters on the defensive line were top 15 picks in the draft. Nick Bosa, two overall. Eric Armstead, I think, went like nine. Javon Kinlaw was 13, I want to say. Uh, so, yeah, or maybe 14. I think it was 14, actually. Um, I've first-rounders for a while. Yeah, that's, I mean, paying some guys there. But uh, well, John Kinlaw. Well, they gave up, you know, oh, yes, three first-rounders to get Trey Lance. So, yes. that was a, God, that was just a huge gamble. Yep, it was. Um, uh, but that, I hope they stick my, with him. My thoughts on this, Nick, for the ground and pound is, you know, when when I mentioned after week one, Javante Williams started the game like three carries for 34 yards, and he finished with seven. He finished with seven carries. You didn't fall behind by three touchdowns. That was mind numbing to me. There, you, you ended up with he ended up with like 11 catches. He got his touches, but it was like 11 catches. Like, dude, he's getting 10 yards a carry. Just turn yeah. around and hand him the ball. Yeah. Um, so that to set up. And then again, it took 25 minutes to target a wide receiver. So yes, I, I, Clayton, I'm with you. The strength of this team right now, especially with the injuries, is going to be in the offensive backfield. Establish the run, play off of that. Balance, of course. But I think the primary on this should be Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. Work from there. Yeah. I do not disagree with you at all, um, but we'll see how it uh, plays out. But the ground and pound's got to work there. Um, Keep It Real says we need Moody on the line. I think Moody is farther down the list here. Um, I actually think that the way Cam Fleming has played specifically in the run game, they might give him a chance at guard if uh, the likes of Reisner slash, uh, well, I guess if if Reisner struggles or if Moody or if uh, Miners is hurt. So keep an eye on Cam Fleming there at the guard. Also, don't forget the Broncos are waiting to – Two more weeks still, but uh, Tom Compton should be coming back soon. And he was one of the best graded run blockers in all of football last season. I think he's more of a guard than a tackle as well. But we're talking about issues on the interior offensive line getting pushed after Quinn Miners went down with injury because of the three guys right now just not winning at the point of attack, not out leveraging players. Um, You might see some movement there. I don't know what you can really do to fix the Cushionberry situation unless you are willing to move uh, Graham Glasgow over there. But that feels... I don't know how much that changes things uh, for the Broncos at this point. He got a lot of snaps in the preseason. He's had more yeah. snaps at center than this season than Cushenberry has. No, I'm, I'm exaggerating, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, you know, and we mentioned all the time, you know, the, the dynamics and the physics of football where, you know, the, the more athletic, the farther away from the ball you are. So you can move a guy inside, inside, inside. And a guy that for that example, uh, that is playing in the NFL now that played tackle for the Broncos is Eli Wilkinson was a eh, tackle for the Broncos, but he's been playing or he moves to guard uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. He's been playing. Okay. So you can move inside. It's, it's much easier to move inside than outside. That doesn't happen. Oh, he's not quite cutting it at guard. Let's try him at tackle. No, no, no. He's not cutting it at guard. He's going to the practice squad at best. Yeah. Yep. No, that's a, uh, Got to figure it out there. The interior offensive line has been okay. And I got to keep it real with keep it real. Cush has been a B plus at the center. I think he's been a, a D plus. Um, I think one of the big reasons that they have been afraid to just get under center and run the football is because Cushenberry, when you know, you have to get that yard, gets stood up. Yeah, he's, he's fine in pass protection when he can like sit back some, but when he's trying to dictate and move earth, 
It just does not happen with him. It just doesn't. And here's a here's a question I have for you, Nick. Um, two years ago, Cushenberry is a rookie. Where would you say he was? Uh, you know, ranked amongst 32 starting centers in the NFL. Probably about 29. Okay. Next year. So last year coming in, where would you think he was in the, in the, so bottom five in his rookie year, comes into his second year, <clears throat> uh, keeps his job. Miners has moved to guard. Uh, where was Cushenberry in his second year? Uh, probably about 26. Okay. So bottom six. So why did we think all of a sudden he was going to make this leap to be in a top 10 center? after two years of sample size of saying he's a bottom quarter, bottom 10% center in this league, that, that that's illogical, you know, guys improve and they can make those leaps. They can, but he was being held out and treated with kid gloves. Like all of a sudden he's a second coming of, you know, uh, Alex Mack. Isn't that the, the center for that was so good. And that's who's the center I'm thinking of that played, with the 49ers. It was Alex Mack, right? Browns, Falcons, 49ers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, Dimitri Dawson. Is that a better yep. one? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jason Kelsey is the uh the best center in football right Eagles. now. Eagles. Yeah, I'm going, yeah. I'm going old school here. There's center's not a glamorous position, that's for sure. It's hard to even name them. Yeah. And Tim coming in saying, is it a strength or technique thing for Kush? I think it's a strength and a <clears throat> uh leverage thing i mean he's tall for the center position what is he like six four he's very long-legged as well so he has a hard time winning that leverage battle at the point of attack um unfortunately i just don't see much pop from him as well when he gets out of his stance now he's a very smart kid as well but i think a lot of the all the talk a lot of talk coming into the draft was the broncos were looking hard at centers and then they didn't take one and then after the draft it was like oh we love cushionberry the whole time one plus one. Let's put this over here. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> we'll see how it goes. Jim Otto, Colin showing his age. Yeah, there was a, there was a hall of fame center. Who's basically the standard with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, and the Miami or the Miami dolphins. There were two of them there in the seventies. That's kind of the, who I'm thinking of. And I can't think of their names. So quick Google. It helped me on that one. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, we'll keep it going here. Um, we want to talk about the Broncos injuries so far. So unfortunately, and I guess I should share this. That'd be a little easier for you guys to see. But unfortunately, the Broncos injury report is littered uh, this week with names. Um, we got a coming in here from Mike Kliss over. Appreciate Mike Kliss sharing the tweets here. So the Broncos right now, uh, Randy Gregory uh, uh, did not participate because of his knee. He's been on the injury report every game so far. They're giving him veteran rest day. We'll see him again. And I've really thought Randy Gregory has been great so far this season. Been quite impressed with him. I mean, he's just... He's a pleasure to watch because how talented he is. Uh, Jerry Judy, uh, ribbon shoulder, did not participate. Keep an eye on that. The one that's scary coming in here, DJ Jones, ankle, did not participate. Quinn Miners still has the hamstring, did not participate. It would be great to get him back. Darius Phillips, your fifth or sixth cornerback, hamstring, did not participate. Patrick Sertan, shoulder, did not participate. Now you got your limited guys. KJ Hamler, limited with a knee hip. Josie Jewell, limited with a calf. Caden Stearns, another one popped up this week, limited with a hip. And uh, Billy Turner, full. Kawan Williams, full. So, there's your list of uh, the Broncos injuries on the 49ers. You have Eric Armstead did not participate because of foot. That could be a huge one. Uh, Daniel Brunskill, backup uh, guard here, hamstring. Uh, Tyrion Davis-Price, the running back from LSU, hurt his ankle. I don't think he's going to go this week. Uh, Tyler Croft, knee. Trent Williams, uh, not injury-related, gave him a veteran day. And then George Kittle, limited because of the groin. So there's your injury report. Scott, anything stand out to you there uh, for the injury report on either side? Well, it, it, how many times have we seen this year so far in our small sample size has the maybes turned into a yes? 
for these guys. Not often. Not often. Not often. That's what Randy Gregory scary for that's, me. That's the one. Gregory has. When they're yeah, when they're when they're hedging on these guys, it's been a no. And that's that's a little bit scary. You know, I've kind of make fun of uh of you know the the Billy Turner is this the Loch Ness monster the legendary Billy Turner you know this guy we've never seen has been a maybe for about six weeks yeah hasn't played a snap and all of a sudden all the offensive line problems are going to be solved right tackle is fixed you know he was a question mark coming in healthy uh you know not a this isn't a huge for sure upgrade where yes I'm done at right tackle this was a question mark already now he's going to come in. He hasn't played, and his first live bullets are going to be against the 49ers, maybe. So it worries me when we've seen the day-to-day have turned into no's. I'm hoping that they turn into yeses for sure. Uh, they need Jerry Judy. This was a conversation that we had before. Who would you rather see? Who is needed more out on that? You need them both. Yeah. But I'm, I'm still going to say the defense has played well, especially with that front five that we've talked about without Pat Sertan, without Justin Simmons, they haven't faced a, a huge offensive threat just yet. Yeah. But the offense needs all the freaking help they can get. We need Jerry Judy on that field. That's a that's a need. Uh, yeah. The depth at wide receiver is scary. You, you can – I've said it a zillion times. The, the best pass defender is a quarterback on his butt. So as long as those guys at front are playing at a super high level, I can mask my problems in the background a little bit in the backfield. Man, need Judy out there, and uh, you need Judy out there. That's the one I'm really concerned about. Yeah, and Mike no. Webster was the center I was talking about, kind of yeah. the uh, for the '70s and the Steelers. He was kind of the the uh, Anthony Munoz of centers, one of the considered one of the best of all time. Yeah, absolutely. And Lance coming in here. Russell loves Cushionberry. See his comments during the presser yesterday. And keep it real, saying Lance facts. People just got to watch the line. I watch the line. I go back and watch it. Haven't been impressed with the entire interior trio, unfortunately. And I don't mean to just pile on Cushionberry because Dalton Reisner deserves some blame as well. Dalton Reisner. Uh, Glasgow. We've talked all three of them at one point yeah. or another. Glasgow's been okay head up. But if he has to run when we're running wide passes to Javante Williams yeah. instead of, you know, middle and read. Yeah. Glasgow's been a liability. Yeah. He just he can't move. <laughs> it's unfortunate. I think that ankle is an issue. And that's one reason you wonder about him at center, uh, not having to move as much. But we talked about it this offseason. My understanding is coaching staff maybe would like to see Glasgow at center. Russell Wilson does not want that because a 6'6 center versus a 6'4, 6'3 center is an issue for a quarterback who struggles to see over the line of scrimmage. Makes sense. Um, but you might just have to deal with it this season. But the one who Cushionberry we kind of know about, Glasgow, he's here because of the contract, veteran presence, et cetera, et cetera. It was not supposed to start. Dalton Reisner, massive disappointment. Uh, year four, supposed to be in the scheme that's better for him again. Uh, he's not as good as he was his rookie year. He's never been a power player at the point of attack, but he moved much better, I thought, his rookie season. He looks a little bigger than he did his rookie season as well, and he's just not moving as much. Free agent at the end of the year. He's he's pretty solid in pass protection, but this is a team that wants to be able to be super efficient with the run game and uh, jar at the point of attack, and I haven't seen that so far. So we'll see. I mean, you got some reserve. You got some guys coming back. I think the... Tom Compton, Billy Turner, um, Cam Fleming playing well, Quinn Miners coming back. I would not be shocked at all if you see some shuffling on the offensive line once the, hopefully, the horses return and you're not forced to go a different direction because of injuries. And thanks for stopping in, Clayton. He says, headed back to work. Great show, guys. Let's ride Broncos country. Appreciate you, Clayton. Um, listening, Listening to you reel off those names, Nick, it almost sounds like 
getting healthy on the offensive line is more important than the injuries in the at the wide receiver position. I mean, you don't want to keep losing Patrick, Judy, and down the line, but you've you know my philosophy on this. I'm still pretty old school when it comes to the line of scrimmage. Is if you've got problems on the offensive line, it doesn't really matter what you're doing at wide receiver. Um, that's an over exaggeration, of course, but you just you just gave me a flicker of hope. You know, when we're talking about, okay, this guy can come in and do this. This guy can come in and do this. You've got competition again. Um, You know, you'd like to keep the same five all the time. But, you know, last year we used the term bullied a lot, a lot. And it was Reisner, Cushenberry, Glasgow. That hasn't changed. That hasn't changed in the middle of the line. The people haven't changed. X's and O's versus Jimmy's and Joe's, right? Yeah, absolutely. I still think it's probably more so the weapons uh, around because I think there's a point of diminishing return on the offensive line where you hit reach that, like, you know, competency level. And it's like, okay, now we can function as long as the quarterback is good enough uh, for me right now, especially when you're missing, you know, you're missing your ideally your number one tight end, your two, three, four wide receiver. Uh, and you have a franchise quarterback now who should be cerebral where he can take advantage of stuff. I, I mean, it's, they're both important, but I'm, I am more concerned about the offensive line or the weapons right now, because God forbid, if, if Cortland Sutton goes down, this offense looks freaking bad. Like they really, they're, they're, they're a bottom 10 offense. I don't even care the quarterback is you're throwing, you're throwing to me and Scott out there. God. I just, I would just as soon overwork the running backs right now. I, I don't know about you, but I started getting a little nervous watching Cortland Sutton get hit, you know, become getting used. Like the Falcons use Julio Jones. The Falcons use Julio Jones, like a running back. They'd yeah. throw him short passes, and he would take on three or four tacklers and get six or seven yards. And every once in a while, he'd, he'd break a you know break a long one. But he was beat up. Yeah. Uh, you can't afford to do that with Sutton right now. He, I was nervous more than once, making sure, okay, dude, you, you're up. taking some punishment. Let's <laughs> let's get up. Um, use some of the bigger guys, uh, you know. And Sutton can be that home run. Th- and that's where Clayton came in earlier. Said ground and pound. Yeah, let's let's establish a running game. Work. You don't have to necessarily work the middle of the field, but let's work the slots with some of your bigger receivers, and I include tight ends in that. Yeah. Um, and then you know, open up some of the the more explosive plays for Sutton. I don't want Sutton to be ten catches, ninety yards kind of guy. I'd rather yeah. him be four catches, ninety yards. You know, you want to get his targets because he's your best guy. But again, you, at this point, you got to protect him a little bit too, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he, like I said, if he goes down, uh oh, I hear taps playing in the background for the season. I mean, even that you cannot, you cannot function with the wide receiver talent minus Cortland Sutton. You, the, the offense is going to look absolutely dreadful. Um, luckily for this game, though, the Broncos, I think that this is probably one of the weaker secondaries they've gone against this season uh, with the 49ers. Now, the front seven is multiple tiers better than anybody else they've gone against. But I mean, really, they're. Their secondary is not great. You got college free agent who's been fine for them out of, uh, I think, Oklahoma, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, uh, who's been okay, but he's, I mean, he's not great. Tennessee, excuse me, a Tennessee player. You got uh, Talana Hafanga, who was a more of a box uh, free safety. He's more of a classic, you know, your classic cover three strong safety there. Really good tackler. But uh, if you get him playing match quarters or deep, look out. Uh, Tashawn Gibson, been an okay player for them. Jadavius Ward, they played a lot of money to bring him in there, which was, a little surprising for me coming from Kansas city and a rookie in the nickel and um, Samuel Womack. So uh, this is not a secondary that and it's part of the scheme, the cover four that the 49ers like to run. They believe that if we stack the front seven, we can go cheap in the back end. It's kind of seems to be a front office philosophy for them, but on paper, this is a secondary that you should be able to get some space against. 
Yeah, you know, if you if you put any credence into pro football focus, their two highest rated defenders are safeties. So yeah. when we talk the middle of the field, where does Russ want to work? Not the middle, you know. No. So you should have some matchups on the perimeter based on the what you had just said. And again, establish a running game. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, 30, 35 carries at least between the two of them. Maybe throw a little Mike Boone, the legendary Mike Boone out there. Yeah. Um so, you know, we'll see. It's going to be it's going to be a tough game. It, it it really is. They're favored on the road for a reason right now based yeah. on what we've seen. And just to be God, we are really nerding it up here today, Scott. I got some data here <laughs> that I want to show. I can't I can't even help it. Um here it is. So the 49ers underneath uh oh gosh, who's the for- head coach of the uh, Salah uh, out there in the Jets. He was a former Jets, defensive coordinator. Robert Salah. Robert Salah. Um, they really love playing that cover four uh, scheme out there, classic cover four on dropbacks, those four guys in the quarters in the back end. Um, but with this personnel, I'm like, oh, this looks like a defense. But if you have Hafanga out there, you are not playing him deep zone. He is a coming down and playing in the box kind of guy. And Russell Wilson against cover three and cover one has been a better uh, safety out there uh, than most teams. So we got the defense coming in here. Um, small bars is the league average. And then the uh, big bars are the, uh, the, what the defense has ran here is the 49ers so far this year, massive majority cover three scheme, 38 snaps, uh, playing cover three, according to PFF and then eight, the other one with the most cover one. So they're really leaning into that single high, uh, canopy safety there with Gibson and, uh, with, uh, Hafanga coming down and playing in the box. That speaks well for Russell Wilson. That doesn't speak well for the run game. That speaks well for Russell Wilson because he's been much better in his career against that single high safety versus the two high. Yeah, well, it's when I hear cover three, I don't think single high safety though. I think deeper. It's, it's, Maybe I'm just but it's it's the, my the amount of guys wrong. in the back end. It is like the the cornerbacks have to get depth too, but it's not mm-hmm. as inherently conservative with those guys already back there, eyes back because they have to run from the the spots and carry those wide receivers. So. Still, yeah, it's it's the it's it. I think the safety being single high and those other guys kind of getting the space as well. And uh, Colin Woods saying, "What are we saving Mike Boone for anyway?" Um, Breaking case of emergency. You got an injury. Yeah, you're, you know, you're one play I mean, away from him being very big part of the offense. Uh, an injury. You've got you've got two good running backs already. Only so many touches to go around. Um, Javante Williams got seven carries in the first game. He got eleven receptions. I know. Hell, if I'm gonna go. If I'm going to be throwing the ball all the time anyway, I might throw it to to uh, Mike Boone. Yeah. Uh, anybody remember Dave Meggett? You know, the third down back that used to be a thing, um, where you'd have that guy come in the 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 scat back type on third down. Um, now I think the pass cover the protection is just as important. So you don't want the small guy. But uh, again, Colin, this has been something I've been harping on for two years when people say, you know, Mike Boone, Mike Boone, Mike Boone. I'm like, what about Mike Boone? The guy's got about 15 carries in three seasons. And he's making two and a half million a year. You know, what, what about Mike Boone? Cause he certainly, it, it isn't from what we've seen him playing cause he's not playing. So that was a strange contract. Um, it, it was a, it's been a strange contract since he's been signed. And, and like you said, it was signed before they drafted Javante Williams, but Again, how good a receiver is Mike Boone? Drop his ass in the slot. <laughs> you could do worse. You know, you could do worse. Yeah. Yeah. You could. He's uh, more of a 
running flies, but uh, we'll see what happens here. Gary leads Palmer coming in with the hearts and the stars saying Broncos country. It's telling on the line that we can't punch it in. Love those guys, but they aren't cutting it. We'll see. Um, you got some guys coming back and I wouldn't be shocked if you had some rotation at all. Uh, Cam Fleming has been solid out there, especially in the run game. And Scott keeps saying, why do they keep running to the right side? Especially when they had Quinn Miners. It's because those guys were, obviously you want to have a little bit of balance there and, you know, show something and then hit a counter on the other side. Uh, your balance can be in the run game still just showing a different kind of look there. It's why it's called a counter or a trap, but cam Fleming was clearing guys out. Uh, and so was minors in those games, in the run game. Now cam Fleming in the past game, different story. And I'd be a little bit afraid against him against Nick Bosa this week, but uh, maybe cam Fleming, you can protect some of those foot speed issues around the arc. Uh, if you move him inside. So I, th- I would expect the based on what I've heard and based on what I've seen could be some rotation coming up up front. Uh, Jeremy Sean saying we are wearing our Navy blues on Sunday night. Last time we wore those against 49ers, Peyton broke the all time passing touchdown record. Amazing. <laughs> that's uh that's great. And, uh, am I allowed to wear Navy then Nick? My orange is cold weather stuff. All my orange stuff is like long sleeve. I'm like, it's going to be too hot for my orange and my orange and blue. I can wear Navy though. I got a ton and I got a ton of blue. You can wear whatever you want, Scott. It's okay. I just think that the, <laughs> the stands look a lot cooler, uh, especially on the road. If you're wearing orange, the Navy just it's muted. Uh, in my opinion, which is boring. Um, and uh, Dan Hall saying, Dan Hall says, Dave Meggett, nice reference, Scott. Like I said, I remember all the guys from the 80s. I don't know who played running back for LSU last year. I, I Now I do. But uh, I know all the guys from the 80s for sure. And, and Dave, Dave Meggett was a hell of a player for the New York Giants. Yeah, absolutely. So we got about five, ten minutes left. I wanted to get into this. So key to the game, and this is maybe just, maybe this would be better in an article for the super nerds out there. But I'll give you a chance as well, Scott. But something in this Texans game that really bothered me was the punt coverage uh, from the Broncos and against the Texans, you know, you can get away with that, but against the 49ers, a team that needs to matriculate the ball down the field, given they're, you know, showing it, throwing it middle of the field, getting yards after catch, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you need to make sure that the 49ers are getting 90, 80, 90 yards every drive to have to drive the ball down the field. And against the Texans last week, the Broncos punted the ball five times, uh, for 42.8 yards per attempt. But really, um, the ones where the Broncos had a chance to set their defense up and pin the Texans back deep every time they left them wanting. The Broncos had two punts that came uh, within the uh, within the 20, uh, according to the data that I have here. Um, but three of the Broncos' punts that they had, three of the five, that came in Houston territory, the Houston 48, the Houston 49, and the Houston uh, 41. A lot of those ones ended up with Houston taking the ball over as a touchback. And you can't have that if you're punting it. And we'll go for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's horrible. So like, especially the first two punts early on your net gain. Um, so the first punt on drive number net. one, your net. Yeah. Your net um, 28 yards, your drive three, your next punt, 29 yards. You're punting it from the Houston 48 and the Houston 49. And they're both touchbacks. And one of them was close one, but Regardless, you need the punter to be better angular and hang time with those and you need your coverage units to down the freaking ball. Uh, you, again, just terrible. Nobody even close on some of these ones. And also the block punt. Cool. So our block punt was also close, uh, I think, on the last punt. So Broncos punt units against the 49ers. You're talking about the little things here. Making them start on the five versus the 20 is a night and day difference. I mean, then you're closer to the fans. The, the play calling is a little bit limited because you're afraid of one bad snap is a touchdown for the other team or a safety. Uh, the punt unit needs to step up and play better here. The punt coverage unit specifically needs to step up and play better because they have not been, uh, I know it's only been six punts on the year, but I was 
thoroughly uh, disappointed last week against the Texans. Yeah. And you talking about the return also, you know, there was a, the quote says about, uh, about Montreal Washington backing up and taking the ball inside his 10 and taking off. So that's been fixed. Has it? Cause I saw him do it on his first return and he's really good. Uh, once he's got the ball, but again, it's a risk reward type of thing. I saw him back up inside the 10 and return it out to the 25. Nice return. 17 yards of return is going to come near top of the league penalty. You know, there's always freaking penalties on returns. So that's a, it's a risk reward type of thing. For me, the key is, is pre-snap efficiency. I think everything else will get better. It's a, it's a trickle down effect. We talk about the, we, j- we just got done shillelaying the interior line. But I started the show by saying I'm tired of those guys seeing them back on their heels, looking over their shoulder, waiting for the ball to snap. Well, it's awfully hard to deal with a guy in front of you who's 300 pounds and can bench press a piano when you don't know when you're going to snap the ball and you're not sure what the play is going to be because it's coming insulate. All those things, all that uncertainty. You cannot be uncertain on the line of scrimmage. And that's what we've talked about, you know, maybe doing some no huddle, uh, maybe going up tempo. You are absolutely sure in your line. You know, this is the call on to fire and let's go. So I, I think a little bit more efficiency in the pre-snap, everything else should get better. You know, you're you're not on your heels grabbing on the guys. Oh, there's a holding penalty. He wasn't ready. Oh, he got blown off the ball in a running game. They weren't ready. That basically is what it boils down to. Pre-snap, as the ball is then snapped, they're not ready. Yeah. Pre-snap efficiency will go a long way to solve a lot of the problems that we've seen. Yeah, and Tim Durasain, our puncher is a rookie, if I'm not mistaken. Broncos claimed him last season from the Steelers. He's young, uh, but he's not a rookie. And while the punter Corliss uh, deserves some, Corliss Waitman deserves some blame or criticism here, I'm seeing the punt coverage units. So it's the guys getting downfield as well. I mean, I think it's been Jacob Bobenmeyer has had a few of the downs as well, which is, you know, like if your long snapper is the one getting it, that means your gunners are not getting the job done. Um, so got want to watch for that. My key to the game on this one for the Broncos, I've obviously red zone offense. You got to score some points here, but specifically uh, targeted to the 49ers, your back seven better be able to tackle in space because nobody in the game of football right now, I guess maybe Mike Daniel can now as well. We can throw him in there, but Kyle Shanahan historically the last, how long has been at the 49ers? Nobody has done a better job of getting receivers open in space and then making the guys who don't want to tackle have to tackle. Um, he does a great job with crossers work in the middle of the field and Jimmy Garoppolo to his credit does that too. And getting those big bodies that they have there. It's not just Debo Samuel. They also have Brandon Ayuk. They also have Juwan Jennings. Who's like two twenty-five pounds uh, plays slot there for them. Uh, Kyle use uh, George Kittle, of course, those guys, they ha- do a good job of having them run away <laughs> from the linebackers over the middle of the field and then get into space where it is the safeties and cornerbacks that have to tackle. You have Darby. Who's a little bit smaller. Caden Stearns has had issues tackling his in his career. Kareem Jackson's a little bit older. Uh, we don't know yet about Mathis. He had that really good tackle against Damian Pierce last week, but you know, sample size, sample size. So Broncos are going to have to be very disciplined and technical in their how they break down in space because how you lose to this 49ers team is that they take the high percentage plays and turn them into explosives because they get yards after the catch. Right. And, and, and then take advantage of your opportunities on offense because yeah. they will let you work your way down the field. So yeah. limit the mistakes. I mean, you're, you're talking Geno Smith was 24 of 30 passing 24 of 30. Yeah. Um, you know, doing the quick math in my head. That's what 80%. 
you know, pretty close to that, you know, 75% passing. So get Okawaven on the ball. Let him be the guy that's going to dole out some punishment instead of using Sutton as the short yardage guy to, you know, run after the catch. Um, yeah. Find a way to get to, to, to Montreal, Washington and use him in space. They will give you the underneath stuff. Take it and then run the ball. Um, and then you'll get your shots. So take what they give you. Um, and then that's exactly the game plan against the Seahawks. And then just don't fumble the ball on the one on consecutive plays, you know? So that's, that was the difference between a win against the Seahawks and uh, a loss. San Francisco is going to play a very similar style with much better personnel. Yeah. Uh, But they're going to let you get your chances again. Geno Smith was 24 of 30 passing for goodness sakes. Yeah. And we got Ethan coming in to close us out. Oh, we got another orange one flashing here. Well, Ethan, I guess you're not the closer today, but we love you still. It says, great shows, Gent and Bronco, Gents and Broncos country. Thank you so much, Ethan. We appreciate you. I hope everything's going well over there across the pond. I know that it seems like chaos over there, but uh, with everything going on, but Kesara uh, Sarah, uh, we appreciate you, Ethan, coming in. We also got Naj coming in, 1999, saying, hey, bros, it's so frustrating seeing the national media and some in Denver. Uh, down so much on the team i get it let's hope broncos players are hearing this and it's extra motivation to come out and make a statement on national television it is frustrating Nosh, but i'm going to take the other side here i hope the broncos team is insulated enough right now with each other and their their own mission and drive and getting things done that they might you know hear some murmurs from the outside noise but they don't give a flying rat's ass about it you know <laughs> like they don't know us they're not in here they don't know what we're trying to accomplish they don't know how hard it is against uh, in the NFL, you know, week one, Seattle Super Bowl, we made a lot of mistakes. That means there's a lot of meat on the bone that we can still get at uh, week two. Yes, we should have beat Houston. We made a lot of mistakes. We still came out with the win learning experience here. A lot of season to go and you are you're enduring. You're surviving. You're dealing with adversity. So I uh, I don't want them to come out there and do anything extra motivation or whatnot. It's Sunday football. You should be Sunday night football. You should be motivated as it is uh, right now already trying to get out there and win the game. So. Um, I personally think tune out the outside noise and do your job. Naj, my talk, if I'm Nathaniel Hackett, would basically be, guys, we should be 2-0 and when we've played like that. Okay? This is a good football team. I will get better. I will get better at this. I promise you. We will be better as a collective. You know, if it's coming in slow, I'll tell you, the crowd's counting down. That's on me. We will get better. We will put you in better positions to succeed. We should be 2-0, and and we haven't even scratched the surface of where we can be. Let's go get this thing. Yep. So that's what I would be saying for sure. And uh, finally got a fan coming in here from the other team. Niners all day. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll it could see. be. Could be a good game. Yeah. Ex- excited to see how it plays out. Really appreciate. Uh, I like Kyle Shane. I like that scheme. I know they've been under 500, but you talk about Jimmy Garoppolo being good. He's a competent quarterback. The other ones have been like Nick Mullins and like not even in the league quarterback. So uh, obviously should be chasing a little better there, but uh, we appreciate you guys. We got to get on out of here. We're at an hour now. So uh, Thursday uh, football's back this week. Make sure you guys are going over to my bookie using our code Wilson 22 uh, to bet on tonight's game and to bet on all the games this week. Like Scott said, they have like over 200 prop bets per game. You can find something out there that you like and win some money this week. No <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at MHI underscore pod. And actually, wrong one at BFB underscore pod. Follow them all. Yeah, follow them all. And if, and at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you head on over to facebook.com uh, forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And uh, another one, I like to throw this one every once in a while. If you're listening after the fact, you have iTunes at all, 
Um, I really like to have podcasts for when I'm in my, like, you know, I'm doing 15 miles a day, carrying 50 pounds of backpack. Oh, let me put in my ear pods and kind of tune out there for a little bit, listening to a podcast. But if you're in the podcast game, like I am, make sure you guys are going to Apple podcast, finding mile high huddle, huddle up. You should be able to find us either way. Uh, scroll down and leave us a five-star rating and a review. And, uh, as the ticker says underneath, make sure you are joining us on YouTube by subscribing, liking, and sharing our shows over there so we can reach more of Broncos country because no, this is a somewhat saturated market. There's a lot of people doing a lot of good things uh, out there covering all teams, covering the Broncos, but we'd like to think we're doing it a little bit better, a little bit different uh, than anyone else. So we'd appreciate if you guys would uh, do that as well and share the show. want to say goodbye to some folks coming in here real quick. U.S. Dave in the house, Broncos for AFC champs. Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. There you go. Brad D, good morning, Nick and Scott Denver. Has to win, play with discipline, and run the rock, open up play action. See the defense shows up big time. We'll see. Protect the ball, score points in the red zone, and tackle. Uh, and don't make penalties. I mean, just simple stuff when you say it, but uh, <laughs> sometimes harder to do when the other team is trying to make you mess up. Mile high, Mike. Nick, I'm glad you're so positive, but I see this team as a team that has so many issues. Yeah, uh, I think a year ago right question. now, we thought the yeah, Bengals had a lot of issues. There. Yeah. We're here to ask them. We, yep. we ask them constantly. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, we also got Keep It Real saying Denver makes a statement. Lance Johnson saying thanks, guys. Love the show. Uh, I can't say this one. Uh, Norsarate. Udakarn? Norsarate Udakarn? No, Saratu. Yeah, maybe. Um, but from Thailand, saying good night, Broncos country from Thailand. Awesome. We got another Thailand out, out here as well. Sweet. It's awesome yeah. to see. We're truly Jetty. international. We truly are. Jetty Splash 2, go Broncos. And Jeremy Sean, see you all and all my rowdy friends at the meet and greet. Make sure you guys are hitting up Chad and Scott about the meet and greet stuff. I won't be there. I would be hopefully not falling down a mountain, Kareem, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you uh, tonight for the Huddle uh, Up podcast with Chad and Zach. But yep. until then, and then real any- quick before we get out of here, and then you can have them choose. I want to say thank you to uh, those who came in and supported financially, which was yeah. Naj and Ethan coming in big. The DWI guys coming in late. And then uh, Gary Palmer and and Patrick coming in. And a welcome back to Mark Schrader, of course. It was Absolutely. great to have you back in here as well. The next time I will see you, at least live, will be at the meet and greet. I can't wait. Uh, for those of you that can't make it, I hope you're turning in, tuning in uh, after the show. We'll have lots of guests like last year, several people coming in. Um, we le- we were rookies doing it last year, too, and we were- learned a lot. So this one should be even better. Uh, can't wait to be out to Denver. It's been a while since uh, since I've been out there and looking forward to getting back. One of my favorite cities. Hope you guys have some good weather. Um, hopefully we don't blow all our smoke out there towards you guys. And uh, hopefully it's a Bronco win. I will be doing solo on Monday as Scott flies back, but uh, that'll be a lot of fun to talk about what happened at the game. Uh, I will probably get back late, watch the game, wake up at about 4 a.m., watch the game again, and then do the live stream (laughs) with you guys. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited for that, excited for this weekend. You guys have a great one. Uh, Enjoy your Thursday. Enjoy Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. I guess that's free advertising. Ah, damn it. Uh, But make sure you guys are choosing kindness and compassion as always. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. I'm Sulin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. 
It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world. But he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates.